0: When you stop and think about all that's going on here in the good old USA today, you might think that there are only two sides to every story. With over 327 million citizens, there are actually many more sides to our American story. On this program, I provide you with a different point of view, mine. This is The Truth Hurts, a program where I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech by providing you with information. Hopefully, you will absorb this knowledge, stop, and actually think about the issues, the facts, and the general state of our American story. I'm Steve Z, and this is the Truth Hurts Program. Well, good morning, everybody. It is Friday, August 28th, 2020, the last Friday in August of this year that just doesn't seem to know when to quit. Today, we're going to talk about negativity in the world, and it's not nice, and we'll do that right after this. The best part of waking up is listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is not a cup of coffee. I try to see things from every angle whenever possible, but it's not always possible, especially when you have negativity thrust at you constantly, continuously, ongoing, unceasing, unrelenting. Negativity is everywhere, but it's a lot more prevalent on one side of a political spectrum than it is another. And when that type of negativity extends away from politics and into everyday life, Well, there, my friends, you have a truly negative person. Most of you know that I have been involved in the disaster response, recovery, and disaster management business for almost two decades now. And I simply posted on Facebook to one of the groups of adjusters the fact that the media overhyped the projected and estimated storm surge for Hurricane Laura. And, as such, I made the simple mention that many flood insurance adjusters might not have the volume of work they were hoping for and anticipating in relation to Hurricane Laura. Here's what I wrote. There are just some people who are inherently negative, naturally argumentative, and always seem to be looking for some sort of battle. To those of you who fit that description, I feel pity and sorrow for you. There are many examples I could mention about this negative type of thinking, since it's so prevalent in political speech. But this one rocked me to the core, because it was in a group of supposed professional insurance adjusters. Since I've been associated with the disaster response management and insurance claims adjusting industry for almost two decades, I decided to use Hurricane Laura as a prime example of the negative thinking that is so prevalent on social media and in everyday conversation for that matter. Yesterday morning I posted a video online stating that if you are a flood insurance adjuster, and you were hoping for a large volume of flood insurance claims resulting from Hurricane Laura, it does not appear that your dreams will be coming true. I said this as a matter of fact, based on the wind speed of the forward progression of a fast-moving Category 4 storm which roared ashore in a very sparsely populated area of southwest Louisiana. I said this based on the fact that the media inaccurately predicted a quote, unsurvivable 20-foot storm surge, unquote, and that that media reporting was woefully inaccurate and incorrect. I did not publish my commentary in an attempt to start an argument. I did not publish the commentary to be a pessimist or a negative Nelly. I simply mentioned the facts based on the video evidence presented on multiple news outlets. And on video photography from ground based news and weather professionals, from actual video sent in by police and fire and other first responders, from helicopter and drone flyover footage gathered in the immediate aftermath of the storm's landfill landfall, excuse me. These are the facts, people. The flood damage that they predicted simply did not occur to the levels they reported. Period. Yes, there was massive wind damage in the cities, especially in the city where I was born, and lived a large portion of my life. Yes, there are trees down, fences blown over, windows shattered, patio covers lifted, roofs damaged, power lines down, and poles, and electrical service interruptions, and all the things you would expect from a high wind event making landfall near a low-lying coastline. To the adjusters who do wind damage claims, I said, there will likely be work for months, at a minimum. To those insurance adjusters who were hoping for a flood damage jackpot, however, again, the media was wrong. Totally and completely wrong. Those are the facts, and they are undisputed, based on the official information provided. No pessimism, no optimism, just realism, reality, fact, And if the facts offend you, which they obviously offended one insurance adjuster on that particular site, I apologize. But those are the facts, and therefore I retract nothing. Unless someone can prove otherwise and show me a 5, 10, 15, 20-foot flood line of debris up to the second floor or third floor of a building, I must stick to my original statement regarding the media's over-dramatization, over-reporting, over and over-hyping of what they called, quote, an unsurvivable 20-foot storm surge, unquote. That's what the media does. If it bleeds, it leads, just like the Eagles song, Dirty Laundry. One adjuster got so butthurt as to call into question my credibility, my certification, my licensure, and my experience level in dealing with flood insurance claims. What a sad individual who has to resort to name-calling because he had to be right in his negativity. We'll be right back. Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It's like hearing what you are actually thinking, only with a really cool DJ voice saying it. In another example of negativity, not insurance related, I wanted to share the following. I watched the last two speeches of the evening last night for the Republican National Convention. Ivanka Trump spoke about the accomplishments of her father in his first term as president of the United States. As I watched, the wacky world of Twitter was filled with negative comments about Ivanka and her father by people who obviously are just negative and obviously have a bias against her and against your president. Some of the tweets called her a whore and a slut and a bitch and suggested incestuous relationships between this woman and her daddy. They called her illiterate, and what was really funny was they misspelled the word illiterate. I did have a chuckle. They called her ignorant, and yes, they misspelled that word as well, proving that the ignorance was the fault of the writer. Not one of the negative tweets that I saw were actually related to any one thing that the president has done wrong, Not one tweet mentioned anything other than plain old hatred, negative bias, and comments towards an obviously highly educated, well-spoken, and well-informed member of the president's inner circle, and of course against the president himself. Sure, Ivanka's speech wasn't animated or energetic. She wasn't doing cartwheels or calling for four more years, four more years. It was mostly monotonal, but hell, she's not an entertainer. That's not her job. Yes, I was a little disappointed when she didn't call out old Hunter Biden as to why he didn't speak on his daddy's behalf. And I was a bit disappointed when she didn't say, quote, We cannot wait for your president, Donald Trump, to debate his rival Joe Biden in an open debate, unquote. That, my friends, would have caused cheers you could have heard miles away without megaphones or drums or whistles. It was, however, a very respectful speech by a beautiful, intelligent young woman. It did not have any of the negative connotation or spin that all of last week's speeches during the DNC happened to feature. You know, those anti-American, hate-filled, blame-game speeches of the DNC. When your president came on stage last night, it was a dignified entrance, With a well-dressed and groomed Donald Trump standing alongside his beautiful, classy, well-dressed, dignified, refined first lady, Melania. But the negative tweets erupted again. Slut. Whore. Lime-green dress. Where's her pole to swing around? Can you imagine just for a moment if during Barack Hussein Obama's second term acceptance speech at the Democrat National Convention was met with negativity on this level? Can you imagine the media outrage, the public uproar, the riots and the protests, and all of the other riotous action that would have occurred if the Twitter sphere had erupted with negative comments about Michelle's crotch bulging in her dress, remarks about that banana? Or the arms protruding from that dress? I could say some other negative things, but I don't want to be called a racist. Yes, the negativity didn't stop during Trump's speech. Comments about him being illiterate and unable to read from the teleprompter. And yes, again, misspelling illiterate and tell-a-prompter. Some of the tweets had the nerve to call out the president because his hair was blowing in the breeze. They have the nerve, the unmitigated gall, to do this to a sitting president. And simple Facebook posts are no different. Remember the five year old white child, Connor Hennett, who was brutally, savagely murdered while riding his bicycle, murdered by a black man, and somehow Someone mentioned in the comments, quote, Where's the riots and protests and NBA players boycotting over the death of a white child murdered by a black man? His life does not matter. The negative comments were insane. Comments like, that little white devil deserved to die because he would have growed up to be a KKK." Comments like, F you and all your white kids. We coming for y'all negative, racist, and those comments will be allowed because Mark Zuckerberg and the Facebook censors will allow that type of negativity while they seek to remove and block anyone who dares say all lives matter or support law enforcement or light a candle for little Connor Hennant or say blue lives matter. Yes, the negativity fills the airwaves of television, radio, and the internet It's pervasive in your smartphone, on your car radio, on your television, in the newspapers, in the magazines. It's driven, it's orchestrated, it's designed, it's manufactured, it's hyped, it's reported, it's commented on, it's editorialized, it's opinionated. It's architecturally produced to force feed you a negative narrative. It's designed, produced, and delivered for one purpose and one purpose alone to reverse any and all of the positive achievements and accomplishments brought about during the first three and a half years of an outsider who won the presidency, a president who did, in fact, make America great again. Great in manufacturing, great in economic recovery, great in unity, in race relations, in employment, in minority participation in the American dream in inclusiveness, and in everyday life in America. Donald Trump did this, and the Democrats got pissed. The Democrats have infected the success with the lies of failure, the fallacy of fake news, the falsehood of phony corruption, the absolute untruths of systemic racism, and the fakery of a racist police state with police brutality against a certain minority. And with the lie of the notion that if they repeat the lie, repeat the lie, repeat the lie, people will start to believe it. And it's working. We'll be right back. Putting things into perspective and doing it with style. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Here's your host, Steve Z. If there was ever a time for you to be woke, as they say, <laughs> woke, if there was ever a time for any American citizen to wake up to the fact that you are being played, my friends, now is that time. I urge you, I invite you, I encourage you, I implore you to spend a few minutes online today and look up Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. It is basically the Communist Manifesto placed into modern times. Read this manifesto. It will tell you word for freaking word how the left has used these tactics as their playbook to destroy America from within. You will read in this communist instruction manual the exact methodology that the Democrats have been using against this great nation for decades. Read it. I dare you. Take a few minutes and just look up Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. If you can't see for yourselves that this is exactly what is happening step by step, inch by inch, day by day in America, then either you are too blind Or, you have already consumed enough of the Kool-Aid to try and explain it all away as coincidence. And if that is the case, you are a lost cause. It appears, my friends, like the fan blades are spinning on high right now and the people have been eating a lot of chili. And when that shit hits the fan, when that shit hits the fan, it will be an all-out shit show. Mark my words. The unrest of these so-called peaceful protests, you know, the actual riots, the arson, the looting, the property damage, the assault and battery, the attacks on innocent restaurant patrons, the murders of five-year-old children in the streets, the ambushes of the police, the violent outbursts against pedestrians, the blocking of roadways, the damage to property, to cars. That, my friends, is the shit. And when that shit hits the fan, It ain't going to be pretty. When motorists have finally had enough of people blocking their way to work or home, blocking highways and beating on their cars and breaking off their mirrors and smashing skateboards against windshields, pulling people out of their cars and beating them, and those motorists start putting pedal to metal and running these idiots over, it ain't far away. When the people get sick and tired of being accosted in restaurants and start stabbing a few of these assholes with their steely steak knives, it ain't far off, folks. When the people get fed up with the protesters trespassing onto their private property, spray painting their buildings, smashing their windows, looting and stealing their stock and burning down their businesses, and those business owners start shooting the protesters right there, it ain't far off, folks. Perhaps then America will wake up. Maybe then the media will start calling it what it actually is. (laughs) But probably not. Kyle Rittenhouse of Antioch, Illinois, had enough of the shit hitting the fan, and he took the law into his own hands and shot three protesters, killing two of them. Now, he did so out of the pent-up anger and frustration of watching his America burn and be destroyed. I'm not justifying the actions of Kyle Rittenhouse. The criminal justice system is going to screw that one up, too. They're going to try and charge him with first-degree murder. Because that's what the rioters and protesters who are currently burning down Kenosha, Wisconsin, actually want. They want a first-degree murder conviction against Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, unless you've studied law, or unless you've watched enough episodes of Law & Order, you know that what Kyle Rittenhouse did was not to the level of first-degree murder. First-degree murder is intentional homicide. Intentional, meaning you know your victim, you have something against your victim personally, And you go out with the intent to commit murder. You have the design, the desire, the motive, the opportunity, and the will to take a specific person's life. Kyle Rittenhouse discharged his weapon and three people were shot. Not first-degree murder. Now, they are also trying to give him a first-degree reckless homicide, attempted first-degree intentional homicide, two counts of first-degree reckless endangering of public safety, and one count of possession of a dangerous weapon by a person under 18 years of age. I'm not justifying what he did. But just as the media tries to justify all of the violent protests, the riots, the looting, the burning, the arson, someone is going to try to justify what Kyle Rittenhouse did. GoFundMe removed all of the pages that sought to get funds for the legal defense of Kyle Rittenhouse. They say they don't condone that. Yet, they condone funding to organizations like Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the Black Panthers, and other racist organizations. The double standard is alive and well even in the GoFundMe world. i tell you what, for a 50-50 cut, I'd like you all to send me, Steve Z, your contributions and donations to the Kyle Rittenhouse Legal Defense Fund. Send them to me, I'll make sure he gets half. (laughs) Okay. I'm just kidding. Don't send it to me. Don't. No, really don't. Remember, violent rioters don't care about facts. They don't want to hear the truth because the truth goes against their narrative. I'll have a couple examples right after this.
1: Hey Earl, it's me, J-Bob. What are you and Minnie doing this coming weekend? Nothing. Nothing at all. Well, instead of staying to the house, why don't you come on down to Austin and watch the protest with me? It'll be fun, and it show sure beats sitting over to your house watching Bubba make three hours of left-hand turns or losing another NASCAR race. Besides, they say the Blue Lives Matter car is racist, so they ain't a-letting it run this weekend. I ain't watching no more NASCAR myself. Come on, Earl. Come on down to protest with me. I hear the snowflakes are whining about the cops and the cops are gonna use the real tear gas and rubber bullets and everything. I hear they got one in their water cannons too. It's gonna be so much fun watching those rioters are running away with their tails tucked between their legs. Hey, I'll bring the beer, the lawn chairs, and we can watch from the bed of my pickup. You know, the big black four-wheel driving with the blue line down the side. The one with the rolling coal smoker exhaust system. Charlie Daniels' music a-blaring. And my new train horn a-blasting. Yeah, the one with the stars and bars flag in the bed. Like I said, Earl, it sure Bates sitting to the house watching Chris Cuomo align to that television set again. All right, I'll see you there. The Austin, Texas Department of Tourism invites you downtown
0: this weekend. It's going to be a riot. Listening to the Truth Hurts program is the highlight of my day. Okay, it really is not, but that's what Steve Z told me to say. I am not oppressed because I am a computer. Just before the break I said the violent rioters don't care about facts. Because facts dilute their reason for protest. Those violent rioters don't want to hear the fact that George Floyd was a violent criminal who did not deserve to have lived long enough to have the rap sheet as long as he had. They don't want to hear the fact that George Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose and not suffocation due to the knee of a cop. They don't want to hear the fact that George Floyd was committing a crime while high on a lethal drug, and the drug is what killed him. They don't want to hear the facts. The facts are the timing was bad that this thug, this animal, was resisting arrest while acting erratically and refusing to obey instructions of a police officer while he was overdosing on a lethal drug. And that the knee of a cop trying to subdue his resisting was not the cause of his death. They don't want to hear it because it doesn't fit their warped narrative. These violent rioters, arsonists, looters, committers of heinous crimes don't want to hear the fact that this Blake clown was a wanted felon. This Blake clown was a man with an active arrest warrant or two for sexual assault and other assault and other crimes, violent crimes. Yes, these rioters don't want to hear the fact that this animal was resisting arrest, refusing to follow lawful instructions of a police officer, and was indeed armed at the time he was shot while he reached into his vehicle for what officers could only presume was a gun during the split seconds They had to make that decision. Yes, the protesters don't want to hear those facts because those facts negate their entire reason for protesting. Now, the media will parade racist agitators like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton over your television screen day after day to fan the flames of that stinking pot of shit that they continue to stir. The media does this because they want the shit to hit the fan. They need the shit to hit the fan. That way they can blame Donald Trump and say that this kind of fan-hitting shit never happened under Obama and Biden. But you and I are intelligent enough to know better. The Michael Brown incident happened under Obama and Biden. Trayvon Martin happened under Obama and Biden. Kimani Gray happened under Obama and Biden as did Eric Garner and Freddie Gray. And the list goes on and on. The big difference between the Obama-Biden White House was that the media chose to not blame Obama or gropey Joe Biden during those eight years of racial strife. But they can't wait to blame Donald J. Trump for the few that have occurred during his time at the White House. They're on active patrol, looking, hoping, seeking any action against any black person by anyone with a badge, so they can fan the flames under that stinking pot of shit that they keep stirring and stirring. And when it boils over and hits the fan, boys and girls, I can only tell you, I told you so. This is the Truth Hurts Program. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audio Nautics. Produced at Studio 63 in association with Steve Knight Productions. In life, when all is said and done, Usually much more is said than is ever done. It's up to you to do the doing. But whatever you do, do it well. No animals were harmed in the making of this program. Thanks for listening.